receptionist when you leave, and he never fixed your teeth. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? Because it is. Yet often, we spend valuable time in a sanctuary on a Sunday, or even a prayer room during the week, and leave the presence of God without a change. In the Old Testament, Ezekiel had spent 45 chapters speaking as a mouthpiece of God, sharing mysteries and foretelling future events. But at the end of the book, in chapter 46, God changes his communication to Ezekiel. Now, instead of giving prophetic insights, God begins to talk to Ezekiel about how he wants to be worshipped, what things to bring to worship, the manner in which you bring your offering, what types of offerings to bring. It's almost as if God has moved away from the prophetic to the performing, the supernatural to the structural. But watch, God is still speaking about supernatural things. God said, but when the people of the land come before the Lord for the feast, he that enters in by the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. And he that enters in by the south gate shall go out by the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate where he came, but he shall go forth over against it. God is saying, whatever way you come into my presence, you don't leave the same way you came in. If you come in with your anxiety, your depression, your sin or failure, or whatever it is you come in with, you don't leave the same way you came in. You always leave a different way. When we come in the presence of God, we cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. So the next time you enter the presence of God, you just plan on leaving different than the way you came. Well, God bless you and welcome to Prophetic Whispers. This is Elias Flores coming to you once again, and we're going to be discussing change, okay? Change. We are in an election year, and uh, change has been taking place in our nation, and um, there's uprisings, there's, there's crazy. Why? Because change is in the air, okay? Many things are being exposed. If you're paying attention to the political um, uh, arenas right now, we have um, things that are being uncovered regarding the uh, Democratic uh, nominee, uh, Joe Biden, and his connections to China. And uh, again, the mainstream media doesn't want to uh, push that out. You won't see it on M, you know, MSNBC. You won't see that CNN. You won't see that ABC, CBS, um, um, and all your normal networks. Why? And that's that's important to know why you're not hearing it there. Um, and if they re reference it, they're referencing what? Uh, it's a conspiracy, unproven. Un Listen, there's some things going on where you're going to have to seek the truth. That's a new thing for people. Okay. And this is why there's so many outside media sources now, because the people are tired of being lied to. People are tired of not knowing the information. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of questions out there, but guess what's happening right now? There's a revival to truth. There's a revival to transparency again. There's a revival. This is all the beginning of purifying our nation. We are, we are, we are in a process right now, and uh, we're changing. We're changing back to original intent. Okay, with the um, Supreme Court nominee. Um, uh, Amy Comey Barrett, she, you know, she, she is a constitutional, meaning she's, a, she's, a, she's um, an originalist. She believes in the text of the Constitution. Again, 
it, it, things are changing. And this is why you have all these upheavals and all these riot, fights and riots because they know they're losing the battle of hiding out and, and deceiving people. We're changing. We're changing and changing is hard. Okay, there's a saying that says, I know we need change. I know I need to change. And we all acknowledge that, but you change first. You get, you start changing first and then I'll change. That's how we like to do it. Well, you change first. I know we need to change. I know, you know, but you change first. But we are changing. We are changing right now. I believe we are in a prophetic time that, uh, what I mean prophetic is an uncovering of new things, an uncovering of intention, an uncovering of things. That's what prophetic means is that when you say things that have um, not been heard before, those are prophetic things. But I believe we are now in a revival of prophetic times of transparency, things that we felt, things that we knew weren't right, but now we're actually getting to see them, the corruption, the things. God is doing something in our nation. This is helping us to vote. This is helping us to right our nation. We have a civic duty to vote and and vote correctly, okay, on a, on a biblical worldview. And God is concerned about the nation. Some people think, well, you know, I, had, I heard one post said, you know, don't defend America like it's the kingdom of God. Well, it's part of the kingdom of God. It's part of the plan of God. It's part of... It's part of uh, the will of God. America was birthed on Judeo-Christian values. You know, it's part. It's aligned completely with Jerusalem and Israel. Part of prophetic alliances that that keep us blessed and keep us safe and keep us and keep us on the right side of God. You know, and there's people that try to. You know, there's many liberal pastors out there that says we're not a Christian nation. You know what? Again, this is the liberal theology that's out there. And when you start hearing those statements, we're not a Christian nation, that red flag should start going up in your heart. Well, what else are they liberal on? What else are they loose on? That we're not under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all? All those statements you need to pay attention to in this voting season. Okay, change is necessary and God is changing us. And therefore, I picked this verse here today to talk to you about um, because, again, we're talking about transformation or change. Outward and inward change is transformation. Okay, um, and so we're going to be talking about this in Jeremiah chapter 18, uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, 1 through uh, 1, 2, and 3, or 4. Uh, however, this reads out it says this Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Arise and go to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. I love this because it is in the potter's house. This The potter has to do with the one with the, the intent, the one with the mind, the one with the the original thought. Okay, that's the potter. Okay, we, we all are in need to go to church to hear the word of the Lord. You know, Paul's you know, tells Timothy, preach the word. Why? Because the word is the ideas of the potter. Okay? The ideas of the potter come through the preaching of the word. The potter. He says, he says, and I will cause you to hear my words. Okay? Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. I see, this is what I love about God. He's making something. See, this is the something. God is doing something right now. The church is on the wheel. Okay? There is a 
there is a shift towards truth again, um, towards truth again, that we are being shifted towards truth again, transparency again, towards, we're being shifted because what? The church is on the wheel, okay? The church is on the wheel. We're rediscovering God again, His Word, this revival to the Word of God, because we're on the wheel. We're on the wheel. We're, we're waking up again. Watch this. He says, then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel. This is what God's not getting rid of people. God's changing people. Okay, the 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 potter. He says the 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 vessel was marred. There was problems. There were issues. There were things wrong with it. There was humanity. There was habits. There was there was all this you know all this gunk of of sin and iniquity in the jar that deformed it. But what was God doing? He was making another vessel out of the same vessel. That's what transformation is, is I'm no longer the same. Okay, I'm no longer the same. I'm the same person, but I'm a different vessel. I'm the same, I'm the same guy, but I'm a different man now. You know, I'm, I'm changed from the inside out. I'm changed. This is important for you to understand because there are people that, that say, well, the church is judgmental. No, no, the church is not judgmental. The church or God is not judgmental. What God is into, he's in change. He loves you so much. He doesn't leave you that way. He doesn't leave you in your sin. He doesn't leave me in my sin. He constantly works the marring, the marred issues out of us. He's constantly transforming us. Now, this is important for you to know, not just for the church, that, you know what, we have issues in the church, okay? You have you have movements in, in you know, the Episcopalian, the, uh, the Lutheran, you know, you, you go throughout the body of Christ, okay? And they have very different opinions on on the, the LGBTQ community. You got gay pastors and, and you got gay leaders and gay worship leaders and, you know, the Southern Baptists have their issues with, with homosexuality that it's okay. You have T.D. Jakes come out and say, say, oh yeah, absolutely, the church the church can um, get along with the LGBTQ community. You have, you have uh, same-sex marriage um, agreements already. You have the Pope that just came out and the Pope, the Catholic Church, come out and say that... Um, he is for gay marriage, okay? Same-sex marriage. Listen, go back to my, my Sanctity of Marriage um, uh, podcast, and you can hear a, a, a strong teaching regarding the heterosexual model of the Bible. The Bible was not made for homosexuals. It was not made. So you're not going to find it there. That's why they try to make it say something it doesn't say through the through the what we I would call hate theology, okay? They try to make God's Word hateful. No, no. God's word is not hateful. He is a transforming God to transform them. They don't want to change. They want God to change. No, no. That's not how it works. So listen to that podcast if you haven't heard that one. Okay. It's insightful. It, it's uh, it's new thinking regarding theology, but it's the same message. Listen to that. And so uh, when you start looking at, at Jeremiah chapter 18, it is transformation. It is taking our faults. It is taking our humanity and transforming us into a vessel of honor. Going from dishonor to honor is all transformation. It's inward work on the outside. It's inward thinking on the outside. If you look at Philippians chapter 3, 20, 20 and 21, and before we go there, let's, uh, if you read the next verse after uh, Jeremiah 1 through 4, Jeremiah 
God tells Jeremiah, oh, how I would love to do this. Could I not do this to Israel? Meaning, <coughs> excuse me, it's 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 a national thing. He's speaking to the nation, how far the nation has gone away from him. And he wants to remake and reshape in all their in all their, in all their uh, iniquities, and all their marred vessel that they've become, that he's going to remake them and reshape them and, and do something new with them. Again, God is into changing people, changing society, changing, and it comes through being in the potter's house, and it comes through the word of God. So here you have Philippians 3, 20 and 21. It says, for citizenship, for our citizenship is in heaven. Okay, from which we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. Now, this word transform, because that's what we're going to be looking at, transform our lowly bodies. And I know, and I know this is talking, I know this is talking about um, many people go, yes, well, he's talking about that when he comes again, okay, that when he comes again, this talks about the eagerness, okay, of go him the second return of Christ, the rapture, okay. But this, this, this is not speaking of that. This is talking about having an expectation. Yes, we are expect we're, we're expecting him to come. However, in the meantime, he changes our bodies. He changes our way of behaving. That's what we call transformation. That is met us schematizo metaschematizo that's that greek word transform and that word that word means to change the habitus or the habits to change habits okay as compromising as comprising everything in a person which strikes the senses the figure the bearing the discourse the actions and the manner of life so the schema that's that that's that word schema meta schema tizo meta schema tizo that schema part that middle part of that word means that he's going to change the manner of life he's going to change how you do life he's going to change how you see life how your senses respond to the culture how they respond to sin how they respond to the ills of the name of of the culture Back that's that's transformation. I'm not the same anymore. This is important for you and I to understand that we are citizens of heaven and that while we eagerly await, there's a transforming power of God that comes upon you, that changes how you feel, how you think, how you respond to things, which is in light of Christianity. That's the power of Christianity. It takes you from being blind to now I see. It takes you from being lame to now you are walking. It takes you from an old creature to a new creation, okay? One that has never been created before. That's a new thing. The great apostle Paul had this issue that when he got saved, he on Acts chapter 9, you know, if you read Acts chapter 7 and Acts chapter 8, you begin to find out that Paul wasn't Paul wasn't very well accepted because of what he was doing to the church. He persecuted the church. He killed Christians. He 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 was he was a he, if you could talk about an antichrist that was Paul until he saw Christ on the road to Damascus. Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do? And so that great road to Damascus experience changed Paul. 
okay? But others had to see the transformation. They had to hear about it. And that's where Barnabas comes in. And Barnabas says, hey, God has changed him. I've heard his message. I've seen the work he's doing. You know, I, you know, and the church was, no, no, this is the great persecutor. Why? Because that's the contrast. That's what happens when change takes place. The old things are passed away. All things become new. What you were and what you did and how you did it is no longer applicable to you because now you are a new creation. That's the Philippians 3, 20, 21 in action. Look how Paul was responded to by the church initially. They could not get over his old form, so he had to be transformed, okay? And this is what's important about, that's why we can't act like the world. We shouldn't be, you know, well, Cal, the LGBTQ community, should that get along with the church? No, no. It shouldn't because it's not a it's not an LGBTQ book. It's a heterosexual book. It's a book. It's a book written for marriage. It's a book written designed because God's that's God's design. Okay, don't try to fit all that all the alphabets and gender trans confusion and and all these you know all these issues into the Bible and said the church has to adapt. The church doesn't have to adapt. The Bible doesn't adapt to that. It's not, it's not designed for that. It's designed for the hierarchy of a husband and a wife and a children, the nuclear family, which you find that the, that the Marxists hate the nuclear family. That's what you're fighting against. You know, you're fighting, you know, you got Christians that are actually fighting, fighting because their boyfriends or their, or their son or their daughter's gay, so they're trying to make a provision in the Bible. It's not there. It's not there. Well, God is love. Well, yeah, okay. They're trying to make it say something's not. They have to stretch something. But the Bible, the model of the Bible, okay, is heterosexual. Okay? It's heterosexual. And so, again, that's what transformation does. We're not saying they can't be saved. We're saying they need to be saved. They need, they need to be saved. They need to be transformed. They, again, they need transformation. Everybody needs transformation. We all need transformation. There's no categories of, of sin that we don't need to be transformed from. And we will continue that process on. Okay? So again, Philippians 3.20 says, For our citizenship. Again, this is another issue. Citizenship. Citizenship is important. Okay? It's important in our nation. When you got these, when you got these people that, that are saying, uh, you know what? I think, uh, I think we need to open our borders. Immigrants from everywhere could come. No, no. There are rights and responsibilities that come with citizenship. Paul Paul used citizenship when he was when he was being tried in court. He said because they wanted to kill him for preaching the gospel or, or going into or going into the temple with the Gentile. They tried to kill him. They they were they were after him. And Paul says, "No, no, you can't do that. I'm a Roman citizen. I'm a Roman citizen because citizenship." Ship has authority. I remember traveling through Asia and, and traveling, going down to Thailand and going down to Malaysia. I remember going down to those countries. And you know what they told me? Hold on to your passport. Don't ever leave your passport because your American passport is gold. They will pay thousands of dollars for your passport. You know, my I, back then, my, my passport was like 60 bucks here in America. But over there, it was worth gold because what they can do with my passport. My passport means that America means something. Our freedoms mean something. Our citizen mean, citizenship means something. Okay? And those that say, well, just open borders and let them come in and take care of all the immigrants and do all this stuff. And, you know, you know, one world government, one globalism, just no borders anywhere. None no, 
No, no. That's, Paul says, no, no. Citizenship means everything. Boundaries on life mean everything. That's citizenship. Okay, there are things that Christians do and things that Christians don't do because we're citizens of heaven. That's boundaries. We said our boundaries. Okay, so again, we'll discuss immigration at another time. However, However, we are looking at the power of citizenship. We are looking at transformation, which confirms citizenship. Without transformation, you cannot confirm citizenship. What you will not do, what you don't say, what you don't, what you know, what you don't do, proves citizenship. We don't act like the world. We don't. We don't have behaviors of the world. We're not carnal. Okay, we're not carnal. We stay in the word of God. We stay true and faithful to God's word. That proves citizenship. Okay, don't 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 eliminate transformation without citizenship. Okay, don't pull those two apart. Keep them together. We have to keep them together. You know, here you have you know that's just like saying you want Christianity without the scriptures. You want Jesus without the Bible. You know, you want to unhook yourself from truth and live. Any old way you want to live and call yourself a Christian. You know, feed your body anything you want and then, you know, call and, and call yourself poor poison in your system and call you and say that, you know, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So citizenship and transformation, they go together. Here's a great example, okay, of this great transformation in First Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 11. Watch this, Okay. It says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So there's unrighteous and there's righteous. There's unrighteous and there's righteous. You know, you, you, don't, you don't get to choose that. It's already there. This is why the culture wants to get rid of the Bible. That's why they're burning the Bible. That's why, you know, when you, have, when you go into Exodus chapter 20 and the Ten Commandments come down, you know, Moses getting the Ten Commandments and the people are down down there uh, having a party, orgies and, and building uh, false idols and, you know, the doing all the Egyptian stuff. And, you know, <laughs> why? Because law was coming down. Anytime you have, anytime you have lawlessness, it's because they've abolished law. Look what's happening in the looting. Look what happened in Philadelphia. Look what happened. Look what happened there. Okay. They're trying to defund the police. So lawlessness, so people can loot, steal, do all this stuff. That's all lawlessness. They're angry. No, control yourself. Law. Law. That's why they want to get rid of the Bible. Because the Bible is a book of laws. It's a book of order. It's a book of, of change. It's a book of forming. It's a book of remaking clay. It's, that's what it's a book of. It's a book of making us into the original, taking us, into the original intent for man. They don't like that to be to love God and to serve God and to and to worship God. They don't want that. They want us to worship the culture. They want to worship the idols, the Nebuchadnezzar idols, you know, the music, the pop, hip hop and look, we're not buying it no more. We're being changed into the image of God. The church is being changed, reshaped, remolded. We're, there's a revival to truth again, and that's a hard change. We're not buying. We're not buying the um humanistic uh, garbage coming out of the, the the colleges and you know, you can be very you can be very educated but educated in all the wrong things. And we're not going to we're not going to do that any longer. Okay, the church ain't standing for that. I don't care. You could go to Harvard. I don't care. We've seen what comes out of Harvard now. Okay, we can come out. Look, it does. It just doesn't matter where you go. If you're not in truth, it doesn't matter. We must re-educate ourselves correctly. 
and we're being re-educated in the potter's house. We're on the potter's wheel. We're being remade again. This is the reformation of a nation. You're experiencing it right now. It's crazy out there. I know. But again, without without citizenship, there's no there's no transformation. Transformation is proof is your passport to citizenship, according to Philippians chapter three, verse twenty and twenty one. Okay, I, I like. Um, I also like First uh, Corinthians six nine through eleven as we change this. Okay, watch this. Do you not know that unrighteous the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do you know that? Do you know that? See this this is a this is a truth that people don't want to. That's why you can't live in your because there's righteous and unrighteous. Okay, there's there's righteous and unrighteous. Get that? That's not a hard concept. Okay, there's good and evil. You know, there's no equality of life like that. There's good and evil. Hey, watch this. It says, do not be deceived. Okay? Again, what's the culture saying? Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Boom. Done. That's law. You can't play with that. Okay, now now listen to what listen to what and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. What's he saying? Transformation. It's saying the Mars. It's saying the the the, the imperfections. The failing humanity, the depravity of life is only changed by the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's transformation. See, people don't want to be changed. The church, is, the church wants to accept the homosexual, the adulterers, the, uh, the, um, the idolaters and the fornicators and the sodomites and the thieves. They want, oh, I went to church. Oh, I went to church. That makes it okay. I, you know, what did Jesus do? When he turned over the, the the money changers in the temple, what did what did he do? What was his statements? My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you made it a den of thieves. A den of thieves. Why is that important? Why is, why did he say a den of thieves? He pulls that quote from Isaiah. Okay, you can find that in Isaiah also. The zeal has has consumed me. Why did he say den of thieves? Because a church becomes a den of thieves when conviction of sin, when a sinner or a thief can come into your church and feel no conviction of sin. That's when your church becomes a den of thieves. Where even the thief can come into the church and feel no conviction to change. That's when it becomes a den of thieves. When the fornicator, when the adulterer, when the sodomite, when the homosexual comes in and all they feel, all they hear is a good message, but no need to change. There's no righteousness and no holiness. There's no, there's no conviction of sin. There's, no, there's, there's none of that in the church to cause repentance and cause transformation. Then guess what? The church turns into a den of thieves where the den of thieves is a place where sin hangs out. Transformation is far from it. So Jesus, Jesus gives that picture of transformation. He tells you, I've, you know, you've made my house a den of thieves. 
My house shall be called a house of prayer. Okay, he cleanses the temple and then performs miracles outside. That's that's another that's a side note for you. Okay, you can follow that up. Okay, so Corinth, so transformation is a thing. Some people say some people use this to hammer people. Paul says no. Some of you were this way. Some of you were caught up in sins like this. Some of you were 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 sexually crazy and in, in in the sense of out of control and 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 burning in passions. And some say, well, Elias, you know, why are you bringing that up now? I said, because this is a real thing. Because the LGBTQ community, okay, and they hate our message. They hate our, they've hate our message so so bad that in, um, in, in 2018, they made, they made this, I think, this, this kind of, they, they were testing the waters here in California on censoring the Bible or shutting down the churches away from transformation, the message of transformation. Now, again, I'm not preaching against sin. I'm preaching against those things that need to be transformed. We all need transformation. That's the thing. We all need transformation. I can't be the same. I, I have human failures. You have human failures. You have things within you that you are constantly being worked out. Stay on the potter's wheel. Stay on the potter's wheel. You know, they try to pass they try to pass these bills on us here in California, okay? That were that were absolutely absolutely absurd to the church, but that's what the culture wanted because there was a councilman here in uh, Gardena, California that he was he was a uh, um he was a uh, uh, an offended uh Christian and LGBTQ um part of the LGBTQ community and he decided to put a bill together um, and it's a bill assembly bill 1779 2943 and 2119 and in this bill listen to what the bills um, was saying okay again you talk about you talk about voting people in your councilmen you better know if your councilmen are part of this 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 uh, this uh, sexual perversion movement in our nation that's infiltrated the church, and you got again, you got church in the name of love, not understanding theological truth, where you exegete scripture, where you look at the scripture, you go into the scripture straight, you come out straighter. Watch this. It says it, this is this bill. It is illegal for anyone to tell resources that offer or to sell resources that offer treatment or ministry in order to reduce or eliminate same-sex attractions or gender dysphoria. Okay, this is what their attack was. So if you can't preach holiness, you can't preach righteousness, you can't preach, you can't preach that stuff. Basically, they were taking and burning the Bible. Okay, many preachers don't preach this anyway, so it doesn't affect them. They were like, well, what's the big deal? We don't preach on those things. We preach on everybody's okay. No, everybody needs transformation. We all need transformation. Watch this. He says, he says, this includes conferences, selling books, teaching books, or publications. That means you can't, isn't this, um, isn't this censoring? Isn't, isn't this against our first amendment that we can't write, we can't read, we can't do anything because it, it's going to hurt people's feelings where money is exchanged for resources. Also children in foster home care who express gender identity issues would be prohibited from receiving counseling or medical services that encourage the child to embrace their biological gender. So again, biology, which is the science. Biology is the science. What they're saying is how you feel is more important than 
than than um, what you really are. Reality. They don't want people facing reality. They want them facing feelings or emotions. They don't believe that transformation is possible. This is this is the bills that are trying to be passed here in California. And what they're saying is that you can't preach Romans chapter one. You can't preach Roman First uh, Corinthians chapter six. You can't read. You can't preach uh, the Ten Commandments. You can't do those things. You cannot do those things because it's forcing change. It's forcing a transformation. Leave us alone in our feelings and our sin. No, no, we're marred. This is the nation, and God wants to bring the nation back on the potter's wheel, and I think we're seeing this right now. Prophetically, we're seeing this right now. Change is hard. Change is difficult. It's 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 pushing the bad form out and reforming us. This is what's going on right now. When you look at Exodus 20, um, 20 verse 1, and God is giving. Listen, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Now, this is the Ten Commandments. Okay, You shall have no other gods. They hate that. You shall not make yourselves any, any carved images, any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above. I mean, th- this is, you know, this is, this is what they cannot stand. They want you to worship them, they, their law, their culture, whatever the culture is pushing out. You know, they, they definitely hate you. Can't, you can't murder. They, they def- that's why they, that's the first, that's, that's the, um, that's the Planned Parenthood movement. That's the, you know, we can't have, we can't have uh, uh, a Supreme Court that interprets the Constitution or is a constitutionalist and gets to the original text to guide our nation in constitutional principles. They hate the Constitution because, you know, um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it comes out of the Ten Commandments. It comes out of the Ten Commandments. It comes out of the natural law of how to behave in society. What is normal in society? They hate that. They hate that. You know, you should not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You know, you should not bear false witness against me. What are they going to do? What are they going to do with all the lies they've told about uh, President Trump? Yeah, he's imperfect. But what about all the lies about the Russia? What? what? Because the Constitution don't support those things. The smear campaigns. The lies. You know, they don't support that. You've got to vote. You've got to vote. I've got to vote. i got to vote a biblical worldview. The Ten Commandments is the guide to the nation. They hate that. 43 images of the Ten Commandments. And Moses is in the Supreme Court. Can you believe that? Why? Because it's the law. It's the Ten Commandments over the nation. That's where the Constitution comes. They can't handle that. They can't handle that. That's what they that's what they need to remove. So transformation and change is what's happening right now. It's what's needed. Don't get caught up in this God. No, we love those that have those issues, those that are marred, those we're all marred. We all come. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, So so were some of you. He says, Don't come down hard on them. God delivered you, He could deliver them. But what they're saying is that, no, we don't need deliverance. We're right. Accept us the way we are. No, no, not in the potter's house. Everybody gets changed in the potter's house. Isaiah chapter 61, 1 through 3 says this, The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me because he's anointed me to preach tidings to the poor, good news to the poor. See, that's, 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 the, transforming, that's the transforming message, good news to the poor. Because the Lord has known, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's transformation. Heal brokenhearted. People beginning to be changed. To proclaim liberty to the captives. That's transformation. They don't want that. 
They hate these messages. At the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. This is all transformation. This is all change. This is all This is all how we change a nation, how we change a home, how we change a family is through, is through the gospel. It's through the message of Jesus Christ to to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give beauty for ashes. That's transformation. No more ashes. Let's give beauty. This is transformation. This is part of the potter's house process. And then he says, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This goes from emotional emotional distraughtness to the, the dark, gloomy um depressions that people get in the pharmaceutical drugs that are constantly in people's systems because of the heaviness that's on their lives they can't deal with all the pressures the anxieties this transformation the garment the garment of praise praise is amazing they that may be called the, that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the lord that he may be glorified this is important we are the planting of the lord and that's what transformation does. It causes us to grow in righteousness. It causes us to be planted in the right things, the right soil, the right water, by the right resources. That's what causes health. John 9, 25-27. I love this, this message of transformation. Uh, this is the blind, this is the blind, the blind man. <laughs> he answered, said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. The question, you know, who do you believe Jesus is a sinner? You know, they, they're questioning the miracle. Why? Because transformation. You can't question transformation. They want to question the transformer. See, their issue is not your transformation, your belief in God. Their, their problem is with the, the one that you believe in. Because he's greater than them. They can't stand that. That's what real transformation is. It's when you, you get your eyes off the culture or the cult of the culture, whatever the culture idol is putting up. You know, right now it's your it's your gender, it's your it's your skin color, it's your it's your how you feel, it's your personal realities. Oh, all that they they worship all those things. They they want you to worship, you know, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter and 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 white and white privilege, and they want to get you into all these crazy ideologies. See, their their thing is not. You per se, it's what you believe in. I believe in God. Watch, watch this conversation take place in John chapter nine. Okay, after this, the, the transformation because the man's eyes are wide open. Watch what he does. And the answer is said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, "What, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes?" And he answered them, I already told you, you don't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples? That's the problem. That's the problem. They don't want to be discipled. They don't want to be, they don't want to be trained. They don't want transformation. They don't want a transformative word on them. I like what Luke chapter 20 verse 18. Again, this is transformation. Okay, this is what they're fighting, but they lose in the end. Heaven earth shall pass away, but my words will endure forever. Watch this. Uh, Luke 20, 18 says this. Whoever falls on the stone will be broken. <laughs> hey, Lord, we're on the stone. 
I'm going to fall on the word of God. That means I'm going to, I'm going to submit myself to it. I'm broken. Okay, if I fall on the word of God, the rock, if I fall on the stone, it, I will be broken. But whoever it falls on, it will grind them to a powder. This is what we're beginning to see. When when the fantasies of, of ideology, of this this Marxist movement of gender identity and division and, and uh, color of skin and all those ideologies that are out there that are pushing through the skull, the, all, those, all those things are vapor. Because when the word of God falls on it, that's what they're, they're avoiding. Because it destroys their arguments like powder. You don't want the word of God falling on you. You want to fall on the word of God. You want to go to the potter's house. You want to get on the wheel and allow the gentle hand of the master to put the right pressure on the right things to bring transformation to you and to bring transformation to me, transformation to me and also to the society and the culture that we're living in. If God can make the blind man see, he can make a blind culture see also transformation. Don't fight it. Go with it in Jesus' name. Well, I pray you enjoyed this this uh, discussion with me. If you have any questions, you know, I don't often put this out there, but uh, email me, efjministries at gmail.com on any of the discussions. I'll get back to you that way. Just email me. I'd love to, I'd love to have a conversation with you on email. If you need further explanations on things, um, that would be no problem for me. Well, God bless you. We love you. And remember, stay on the potter's wheel. You're seeing a cleansing of the nation. You're seeing, you're seeing the hand of God. You're seeing providence. You're seeing, uh, you're seeing the taking down of misinformation. You're seeing accountability because God is doing something special in our nation. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.